0: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We're serving such a good God today. Amen. I'm so thankful that I know him and the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful that I've been buried in his wonderful name. And if you're here today and don't know him in the power of the Holy Ghost and never been buried in his wonderful name in baptism, you ought to do it. It's the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. Do I have any do I have any witnesses here today? Amen, amen, <clears throat> praise God, praise God uh, Lord bless you for a few moments If you just remain standing, if you'll turn to Psalms chapter 9 And I'll get into the word of the Lord, let me make a few announcements And uh, number one, I want to say, no, there is, there is not anything wrong I know that it's odd that I would be standing up here preaching on Sunday morning But everything is okay and, uh, so don't think it too strange. And I think this is the first time, or the second time I've preached on, on Sunday morning since about, uh, November. And, uh, but it is good to be back in the pulpit today. I love this church. Amen. I love preaching at this church. Praise God. Just, you get tired of it and I have to bring someone else in to do it every once in a while. But, uh, remember a ladies conference. There is a, sign up sheet on the bullet on the welcoming desk you need to sign up for that and uh, so that starts i think uh Friday and uh, so remember that ladies conference also on the welcoming desk there is mission pledge slips and uh, we ask you to do that turn them in as quick as possible and I, I do want to thank you for uh your giving this past year And uh, we always start our our new year off here at the church and uh, with mission pledges, and we have our business meeting and everything and appointing uh, offices in February, so it's a good time to get that taken care of. Also, Youth Weekend is coming up. Don't forget that. We'll be going over to Lake Charles for Youth Weekend, and I want to uh, thank everyone uh, for praying for me. And... um, I have not talked personally to the cardiologist, but Brother Duplessis seen him uh, Friday. Uh, I think it was Friday. And he said all of my tests come out clear. And uh, I am thankful for that and thankful for your prayers. And uh, I got one more that we are concerned about that was not so good, but I'm believing that God's going to take care of that. And uh, so I know that God is a miracle worker. Amen. I'm glad I have him to trust in. Praise God. I don't know what people do without God. And I certainly do not want to try to find out what people do without God. And uh, so remember there will be choir practice tonight at 515. So be here for choir practice. Don't forget they are serving after church tonight. Uh, this is to raise money for the Bible quizzers, and uh, so go over and help them. If you can't, go over and help them. Just give them a donation, and uh, that's what we're after anyway, and uh, so help them out. Psalms chapter 9, verse number 17. I want to try my best to give to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart, and uh, current uh situations, I don't want to make anyone nervous this morning. Uh, but current events, I think that we need to be very aware of what is going on in our world. And um, I think that we ought to be able to discuss what is going on in our world. And it ought to encourage us not to quit, not to get discouraged, but encourage us to know that when all, all evil is happening, the Bible says, look up, for our redemption draweth nigh. Amen. This world is not my home. It's only a temporary place that I am dwelling and I'm looking forward to that eternal home. Psalms chapter 9 verse number 17. I want to read one passage of scripture there and uh, if you have time you can read this whole chapter and uh, you'll find a lot more interesting things of what the psalmist was talking about. The Bible says here the wicked shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Let's all put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and ask God to help us this morning. God, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings today. Thank you for allowing us to come to your house to study your word. Thank you for the lesson that we have already heard. I ask you, God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Go with us today. Help us in this house. In Jesus' name. Now let's give him one more hand clap of praise before we are seated. Lord bless you. You may be seated. It is good to see The mayor and his wife here again today and all of our guests that are here. Why don't all the home folks give our guests a good hand clap today. Amen. If you are a guest, we want you to know that we're so glad that you are here. And uh, I think this morning I have figured it out. I figured out something when I was walking down the hall and I seen uh, the Willises walk in. It's the kids saying their memory verses and taking the offerings. So what we're going to do here, we're going to do that on a weekly basis. And so, (laughs) But we're glad they're here. Good to see everyone that's in the house of God. And uh, I tell you what, it's good to be in church today. Amen. It's good to be in church today. I love the house of God. I love going to the house of God. I love the people of God. There's no place that I'd rather be than with the people of God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for all of those who are sick and unable to be in the house of the Lord today. Uh there's so much sickness that is going on and uh we uh we are praying for those who are sick, praying for these babies that are sick, praying for these adults that are sick and uh, praying that uh, no more get sick. I'm not I'm not interested in that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So let's let's just pass that by. But uh, in reading the word of God today and and our world that we live in is we are living in troubled times and very disturbing times and I want to preach from this subject this morning I may not get everything out today that I would like to and um, but I want to preach from this subject a nation or you could even include a world Without a moral compass, a world or a nation without a moral compass, a compass. How many knows what a compass is? Amen. Uh, I can I can remember, uh, you know, my my daddy and hunting and, and all. I don't know that he ever carried a compass anywhere with him. And I don't ever remember him getting lost. And I can remember me and one of my friends were uh, duck hunting and and um, in timber, flooded timber, and uh, we got lost. And we walked around and around and around in circles for a few hours before we uh, finally got our bearings. And it's amazing how that when you're lost, you can, you'll you'll pretty much come back to the same area. And you just make a big circle. Now, sometimes it takes a couple of hours. Sometimes it may take a day. Uh, but you you will come back to the same area lots of times. And uh, I can remember us finally finding our way out and uh, being very late, getting back to town and uh, telling people, yeah, we, we got lost, you know, and we were wandering around in the woods for a few hours and uh, that kind of embarrassed my daddy, I think, that I would get lost. He said, how can you possibly get lost on a sunshiny day? And uh, he said, you have the sun to go by. Well, I didn't have a compass. And uh, I was kind of like that one guy was trying to find directions. He said, you can't pay no attention to that sun. said, it'll liable to come up any direction. And uh, so I... I don't guess I ever thought about trying to look at the sun, but ever since then I have. And uh, but but there is a compass. I can remember uh, going hunting and and uh, coon hunting. My brother tried to get me to become a coon hunter, and um, I, I just I just wasn't real interested in that. It seemed like every time we went, we got lost. Our, uh we had to swim canals and get wet. And uh, in the summertime, you tripped over big cotton mouse all night long and uh that didn't sound like a thing that I wanted to do, but I can remember them getting a compass, and you'd have to hold it out. You wouldn't want it close to any metal or anything for the magnetic field to always point in the northern direction and so that's what we know as a compass that that uh another another illustration for a compass is that Using the word is some, something like this. It is an enclosure, a line, or a limit, or a perimeter around a certain area. And uh, so so it would be like this. You can find anything that you need in a ten-mile square of blocks downtown. And so it is a perimeter around something. Another... Um, I can remember I found this out kind of like in school, trying to figure out things, and and uh, they said go get the compass and and draw a circle. Well, I thought they wanted me to go get a compass like you hunt with, put it down and draw a circle around it. And uh, but that's not what they were actually talking about. So there's there's many different things that we could say about a compass of of, but but mainly it is to keep us in an area. It is to keep us in the right direction. It is a perimeter around an area, and so I, I believe that we, as individuals, and you have heard it say this all the time. And some some young people don't have um, a a internal compass about their life, but they have external compasses, and that is that would be parents in your life. There are perimeters around you. They're always pointing you or trying to point you in the right direction. So it's important that you would listen to the advice of elders in your life. Well, come on parents, help me out a little bit. They, and that would, that would be that most of the time, instead of looking at them as being uh too old to know what I'm going through realize that they've probably already been what you're been through what you're going through and they know a way out of your problem and your dilemma and so it would be very beneficial to you as young people to listen to people that are more educated you got to listen to teachers if you're going to learn anything and um you got to look at those books don't eat the covers off of them but do the work that they, they put out there for you and, and it will help you in life to learn things about life. But, but when it comes toward, to morality, I, I think that, that, you know, the Bible just simply tells us, of course, we go back to this old book. I think pretty much the Bible is the basic compass for morality and the way that we should live and uh, uh guide and direct our life it should be uh the direction setter in our life it should be uh the boundaries of our life it should draw the circle that uh that we live in in our life and people that that do not do that they have trouble in life Because, um, you know, the Bible says that we were born and shapen in iniquity when sin come into the world by the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. It's kind of like this. I've said it before and I'll say it today and I'll I'll say it again if you miss it today. You can catch it next time. But uh, everybody that has children, you do not have to teach them to lie. You do not have to teach them to tell a lie. You do not have to teach them to steal. You do not have to teach them to tell people to shut up. It just comes naturally. Now I know some of you think your little Willie or Susie won't tell a lie, but they will. Just give them time. But you have to teach them otherwise. You have to teach them that this is not what we do. I hope that you're teaching them that. If you would teach them that, the teachers at school would have a lot less trouble. Can I get a witness from the teachers? And if you would, can I get a witness from the teachers? <laughs> but, but there, there is, there is a need for instruction on right and wrong. And uh, that this is wrong and this is right. Where do we get that from? I'll tell you where we get that from. We get that from the book that everybody wants to take out of their life. And uh, the Bible tells us that there is a such thing as Ten Commandments. And those Ten Commandments are law to govern and give us order in our life. In Deuteronomy chapter 4... In verse number 13 and 14, the Bible says, And He declared unto them His covenant, which He commanded you to perform, and even ten commandments, and He wrote them upon two tables of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that ye might do them in the land, whither ye go over to possess it. Now, what God was relaying to the children of Israel is that when you go in and possess this land, there's got to be laws. There's got to be a, a moral compass about your life that would govern, that would restrict and help you to obtain what God would have us to obtain. Amen. the, the, looking at the great commandment What we know as the great commandment We'll find that there was some people That had gathered together That was questioning Jesus And asking Him Saying, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? Moses er, That Moses had written in the law Matthew chapter 22 And verses 36 through 40 Jesus said unto them Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now, how many believe that? That that is the great commandment. That is where all things... that's That's the center point. That's like your compass that you are holding pointing north. That is... Nor. That's where you're going to get your bearings from. If you can't do this, you can never go another step in Jesus Christ. Because this is the great commandment. And then, this is the first and great commandment, Jesus said. But then, let me enlighten you on some more. And He said, the second is likened unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, it's easy to love God, but sometimes it's difficult to love your neighbor. Can I get a witness? God's always good. God's always just. How many knows that the neighbor's not always good? Well, I'm I'm walking on dangerous ground. I got kin folks living on both sides of me. But you know, just speaking, not not my neighborhood, but your neighbor my neighborhood, my neighbors are great. On either side of me. And they even have a greater neighbor in the middle of them. But <clears throat> there is there is um there's a lot to be said about loving thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets so this is what it's holding this is what it's hanging on this is what uh, uh this is what religion is all about amen is loving one another loving god putting god first putting one another first loving your neighbor as yourself now now jesus knew that he was speaking to the Pharisees and, and the religious leaders and they were one God loving people. They believed that Deuteronomy 6 and 4 that there is but one Lord. Amen. They, they believed all of this and Jesus knew that. But he, he confused them by the fact that he said that you've got to love your neighbor as yourself because he also knew that they wasn't the most loving people in the world. He knew that they had issues with the Romans, he knew that they had issues with the Samaritans. He knew that there were certain people that they would not eat with and they would not sit down with. He knew that there were certain people that they would not hang around with. He knew that there were certain people that was not allowed in their synagogue. Seems like that we, as long as, as life, as long as people has been around, people seem to always be people. Amen. And so, I, I would tell you today, just as in biblical times, there is racial tension in biblical times, there is racial tension in these times that we live in. Amen. On all sides of the spectrum, There's no one that is truly innocent when it comes to these things. But I want to tell you, in the church of the living God, there is no, no space for racism. Now you say, oh my goodness, do you know where you're at? I know where I'm at. Amen. And I know where I'm at in the Word of God. Amen. All man is created equal. Doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter how you were born. It doesn't matter what color you were born. All men are created equal in the sight of God. Amen. And so Jesus knew that. And Jesus had a problem with Racial tension. And I believe that Jesus still has a problem with that. Amen. And He didn't like it then and He don't like it now. And so what we must understand and come to the knowledge of that we will never be what God has called us to be until we start learning how to love like Jesus Christ loved. That he gave his life for those who loved him, and he gave his life for those who hated him. He gave his life for the Jews, and he gave his life for the Gentiles. Amen. 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 Now, now all of us, I'm sure, would pretty much agree that, that Hitler was a bad man. Anybody believe that Hitler was a bad man? Hitler had bad ideas. Hitler had a bad philosophy of a superior race. And trying to kill all the Jews that were not like him. That just so happened. To be the ones that he was really after was a Jewish people. But it wasn't just them. Amen. It included a lot of people. And I want to tell you today, if we're not careful, that same idea and philosophy still comes across our mind and our spirit. Amen. But God said, go to the highways and the byways and compel them to come. Don't stop at this house and skip over that house house. Don't go here and don't go there. Amen. But God has called us to reach and to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. Y'all ready for the evangelist to come back yet? Amen. See, see this, is, this is problems that we deal with in this world and in this society. And a lot of it is not you and I. A lot of it is the news media that we have pumping this stuff out there, trying to make it worse than what it really is, trying to build something out of nothing, trying to make crazy things happen, amen, instead of trying to make things better, they try to make things worse, amen, if you want to get depressed every day, get up and get you a good dose of news every day. It'll start your life out wrong every day. But if you want to get happy every day, get up and start your life out with prayer and say, God, how can I be a light unto a lost and a dying and a sin sick world? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The church must be a place for salvation. No matter who you are. Amen. The church is a place for help. No matter who you are. Amen. The church is a place of love. No matter who you are. No matter what color you are. No matter what country you came from. That's what the church is. God's church is made up of all kind of different individuals. And if, you, if you're if you not sure about that, we're all really a bunch of mixed breeds. That's pretty much what America is. is a, bun- a bunch of mixed breeds. But God still loves us. That's what the Samaritan was. That's what Samaria was. What's a bunch of mixed breeds. And Jesus said, I must needs go to Samaria. I'm glad that Jesus stopped by Samaria. I'm glad that Jesus stopped by Sillsby, Texas, and gave us an opportunity to know Him in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 See, we love that 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 uh, that Scripture that says, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind." Let's stop there, but no, you gotta love your neighbor. That means you gotta love the one you're sitting beside, even if it is your husband or your wife. That means you gotta love the one on the other side of the church. That means you gotta love everybody. That means you gotta love your boss on the job. Amen. That means children, you gotta love your school teachers. That means teachers, you gotta love your students. That means everybody's gotta love everybody if you wanna go to heaven. Amen, amen, amen. The danger that comes when we lose our moral compass. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, if you read Romans chapter 1, it says a lot of things in Romans chapter 1 that the political world does not like to adhere to at all today. But in 1 and 28, it says this, and this is what I want to focus on for For a little bit. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now what happened here? They lusted after unrighteousness. They lusted after ungodliness. They were lusting after sin. So eventually God just says, okay, if that's what you want, I'm going to go ahead and let you have it. I'm going to take the boundary out and I'm going to let you have all of sin that you want. This is what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. This is what happened in Egypt. This is what happened in the Roman Empire. Amen. They they lusted after these things. So God took down the barrier and He turned them over to unrighteousness. And they began to do things that was inconvenient unto them. Amen. See, what we have in this nation today is the moral law that sets all things in order has become offensive to people. It has become offensive because it says, Thou shalt not. And that's not the attitude of the world today. But I want to tell you, if we're ever going to be what God has called us to be, we're still going to have some thou shalt nots in our life. And we are going to have to adhere to thou shalt not. Thou shalt stay away from. Thou shalt not partake of. Thou shalt not be part of. That is still the Word of God. And so, government has taken the Bible out. So, it's offensive in the courthouse. We take it... Now, when you take it out of the courthouse... How do you know that it's wrong to steal? How do you know that it's wrong to kill? They are prosecuting people for stealing and killing when the book that told us that it was wrong is not even allowed on the properties. Amen. They have taken it out of schools. And what have we got in return? They have taken it out of colleges. And what have we gotten in return? This is what we have gotten in return. We have gotten rebellion. We've gotten drug use. We've gotten teenage pregnancies. We've gotten abortion. We have gotten uh, school shootings. We have gotten all of these things. And I'll tell you where it started out is because we don't want the moral compass that God has placed in our life. And I want to tell you, if we're ever going to get back to what God wants us to be and God desires us to be, we're going to have to apply the Word of God back to our life, back to our home, back to our courthouses, back to our school, back to our government. (laughs) Because when you take it out, there is no direction. It's like having a compass without a north pole. It's like taking a compass and putting it up beside. How many's ever been in the woods and took the compass and put it up beside your gun barrel? The needle starts moving everywhere. That's what we have done today. We have taken the compass and put it up beside things. And we're not getting a true reading. Philosophy of the world says if it feels good, do it. If you want to, have at it. If that's what you like, it's okay. Amen. But that's not what the compass says. We need to get back to the Word of God. We need to get back to the basics of life. We need to get back to what God wants us to be. We have, we have as a nation lost our way. And I love America. Amen. There's no place that I'd rather be in America and the way than in America. And the way that we are able to preach and teach and talk the way we are is because we live in America. And the way that I'm preaching today will not be allowed in the future if America keeps down the slippery slope that we are on right now. Amen. But we as America and as a nation that supposedly love God have lost our way when they in New York State can pass a bill of partial birth abortions and Everyone in the house stands up and claps and cheers. What's wrong with our way of thinking? I tell you what's wrong with our way of thinking. It's that we have taken the Bible out of our homes. Now you say, oh, that's a little uncomfortable, but I want to tell you, it's coming to Texas too, baby, and you better wake up. It's coming to your house. It's coming to your neighborhood, and you better start teaching your children what is right and what is wrong. It's your responsibility to tell them that killing unborn children is murder. Amen. Amen. It's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. It is very, very, very disturbing. Amen. When we as apostolics, we as a Christian nation, we as a nation that's supposed to fear God and love God and trust in God and our founding fathers built this nation. No, they were all not godly men, but they all had a fear of God and an understanding of God that when we sit here and we talk about these things, oh, we better be very careful. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to cross any ideas or opinions. Well, I am sorry. Amen. You are not crossing my opinion and I'm not crossing your opinion. Amen. But the Bible said, thou shalt not kill. Amen. 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 Hey Amen, and what's so disturbing? What is so disturbing? Oh, that's just, just more of the preacher carrying on, more of the preacher just Going wacko on us, more The preacher just stirred up because what he's read in the news. Uh, no, what disturbs me and what makes me understand that this is necessary to preach this morning is by your response. I would say 20 years ago, if I said that before you were so brainwashed by the media and beside, beside uh, with society and what they think, everybody in here would stand and clap. Yes, that's right. We're against it. But I tell you what's happening Amen to the church of the living God And to Christians what's happening Is we are letting society Destroy our moral compass We are so concerned about offending one another till that there is no wrong or right anymore. There are no do's and don'ts anymore. There is no direction anymore. And our compass is just going all over the place because we don't want to offend. Oh, so be it. Let's don't offend. Amen. But I tell you, Jesus offended people because He told them the truth. He told them what was right. And I tell you today, the church, it's got to remain steady in the compass for this society. We have lost our way. We have lost our moral compass as a nation. When the governor of Virginia can get on a news outlet. And say, I will tell you what's going to happen. And I can tell you, I can explain it to you. You know, you got a mother giving birth. And you got the doctor there. And they can have the baby. And when the baby is born, if they would like to, they can resuscitate it. And then they can get another doctor. And the parents can, the doctor can decide if they want the baby or don't want the baby. Amen. You know what that is? That's murder. That's exactly what that is. We have lost our moral compass, people. Amen. We have got to get back to God. We've got to get back to God. We've got to teach our children what's right. <clears throat> Infanticide. Killing children. Killing infants. That's what we're headed for. A few years ago, oh no, no, just early term abortion because it's a, it's a mother's choice. I want to tell you it's a choice if you get pregnant or not. Amen. But after you get pregnant, it's God's choice that that baby comes into the world. Amen. That's the reason why you keep yourself holy. You keep yourself pure. You don't live like Hallelujah, help us, Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 We have lost our moral compass. When we think it's immoral to build a wall to protect our nation and moral to kill babies. The same people that says it's immoral to build a wall to keep evil people out. Now, I'm not for shutting down all borders where no one has a chance to come to America. Amen. But everybody that comes to America ought to leave their flag on the other side of the fence. Amen. They ought to come to America the right way. They ought to be in America. Care <laughs> There There is no Asian Americans, there is no African Americans, there are no Caucasian Americans. Amen. There are just Americans. I'm an American and I'm glad to be an American. And I don't need another country describing what I am. I'm an American. Hallelujah. 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 The same politicians that says this is immoral are the same politicians that says that... That aborting babies is okay I do not understand that Amen I cannot figure that out For all that is within me Amen Because I've been taught different I've studied different I look in the Word of God And the Word of God Has a different philosophy about that Amen Oh, hallelujah Hallelujah If I read right in the Bible, heaven that Jesus has gone away to prepare for us must have a wall because it has gates. That means people that don't belong, there's not coming there. There's a right way to get there. There's a right way to get there. Everybody is welcome there. But there's some things you got to do to get there. Amen. I tell you, I love everybody. I love all nationalities. Amen. But I love this country. And I'm so glad to be in this country. And I love Texas. And I'm glad to be a Texan. And I love Silsby, And I'm glad to be a Silsbyite. I love the apostolic way. And I'm glad I'm an apostolic. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We have lost our moral compass. When homosexuality is no longer a sin, but a lifestyle. It's a choice that you make. Or it's a way that you were born. It's just that you had to let a child wait till they become about 13. Until they decide if they're male or female. What's wrong? What's wrong? I tell you what's wrong. We've lost our moral compass. We've lost our way. We've lost our direction. Amen. Because we tried to please everybody and everybody just get along. Amen. There's some people that's never going to be able to get along because they don't want to do what the word of God says. Amen. We've lost our way. And if we're not careful, our young people will lose their direction if we don't teach them what's right. We have lost our way when our Supreme Court will say that it's a choice if a man and a man or a woman and a woman Want to enter into holy matrimony We have lost our way Amen That is something that is sanctioned And ordained and protected by God Amen God created a man and a woman I want to tell you young men I want to tell you young ladies If you're desiring someone of the same sex It's not a lifestyle It's not what this Bible says, you better pray and ask God, help me, help me, help me, deliver me, set me free. Amen. I probably would not win the most popular pastor award. Amen. But I want to tell you the truth today. We have lost our moral compass. Amen. We have lost our moral compass when TV glamorizes murder and mass shootings. When they can produce video games that you can be a school shooter. Thank God they took it off of the market. But let me tell you, some of those evil, evil people, they'll find another disguise and another way to pump it in to our children that you can act like you're a school shooter or you can act like you're a mass murderer or you can act like you're a rapist or you can act like you're a car thief amen I want to tell you if you're playing those games you're playing with sin if you're doing that you're taking part of sin you need to say no 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 God I got to get my moral compass straightened out I got to get on the right track I got to get on the right road amen We have lost our way when television programs and movies that Hollywood is producing uh, promotes and uses drug use. uh, Amen. It's crazy to me. Society is so crazy. It's so mixed up, it's so perverted That they cannot advertise a cigarette on a billboard They cannot advertise cigarettes in movies But they can advertise people snorting cocaine up their nose They can advertise ungodliness They can do all of these things and it's all fun and all games We have lost our moral compass When television programs and movies can glamorize shacking up together. They can glamorize children out of wedlock. They can glamorize making fun of everything that is godly. That's the reason why I have never had one and never will have one. I don't want my children digging through a garbage can of filth and perversion. Amen. You know what happens... If they want to produce something, if they want to make, there is millions and millions and millions of dollars that companies are spending today where their ad will be advertised during the Super Bowl to impress your mind. You've got to drink a Pepsi. You've got to drink a Coke. You've got to drive a Chevrolet. You've got to have a Ford. You need this. You need that. You've got to have it. You can't live without it. And you say, oh, that's Foolishness. No, it works because they pay millions of dollars to do it. And they are programming you to think like they want you to think. But I think we need to program our mind. We need to program our heart. We need to program our children to think according to the Word of God. It's just entertainment, they say. It's just entertainment. They say, I'm just being entertained. The Bible says something about those who have pleasure in those who do the unruly works of ungodliness. So if you are entertained and pleasurized by these things, you are guilty of the sin that they are committing. And you say, oh, lighten up, preacher. Lighten up, preacher. No. No, you can do what you want to because all of you, I'm I'm no dictator. I'm no dictator. I refuse to be a dictator. But I'm just saying when you fall in love with the Word of God, you're going to want to do what the Word of God tells us. Abstain from all appearance of evil. We have lost our moral compass and I'm getting ready to close. I know I've been going a while, but I have a lot to say this morning. But I'm going to try my best to bring it to an end. We have lost our moral compass when pornography is a $13 billion a year business in America alone. That's not million, that's billion. We have lost our moral compass when what is more notable to the fact of $13 billion is 90% of young boys and 60% of young girls have been exposed to pornography before they reach the age of 18 years old. I know it got quiet right there. But we're living in a real world, folks. That's a reason why you don't need your children running around with these cell phones connected to the internet. I know when they get a certain age, you have to, you have to do it, and I've had to do it with mine as they become of age, but I try to teach them. You don't say, here, here, just use this. No, no. You look at it. You restrict it. You protect them. You are the parent. That's your responsibility. Oh, the preacher's gonna preach it. No, you have to put some rules in your own life. You have to put some guidelines in your own life. Amen. I have people come to me all the time and say, what, what, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your, your, your guideline on that? I said, you know, some things are parents' responsibility. You hear what I preach and then you set your guideline for your household because you, you daddy, if you're not the praying man, then the holy man that you're supposed to be, don't dare try to be the bossy man that God gave you the ability to be. I tell you what, that woman's gonna do this and that woman's gonna do that and you hadn't prayed in six months. Shame on you. Shame on you. That's not godly. That's not holy. That's not biblical. That's not your God given right. Amen. 90% of young boys. 60%. Now, y'all better listen to me right now. Parents, you better listen. Don't come crying in my office a little later. Oh, I just can't believe. You can't believe it? Was you ever 15? Some of you is 50 and still looking at it. Sometimes I wished I'd have had a solid I need to do like the president get that bulletproof glass and set up in front of me if looks could kill. This is another devastating fact, and this is this is the most devastating fact of all about pornography. Sixty four percent of Christian people are viewing. Now hear me today, church. I've said all of that to say this. If there's ever been a time where the church needs to be a safe place, I look at what's going on in the Catholic church, and I am no Catholic, and I am no fan of the Catholic church. But I look at what's going on. People thought they had a safe place. They thought they were going to church when they went to Mass. And look what has happened. It's it's been rapid for years and now it's coming back again. The church has got to be the church. Church? You've got to be a Christian if you're going to be in the church. You've got to show the world the world might not have direction, but I've got direction in my life because I've applied the Bible to my life. If there's anybody that ought to be able to be trusted, it's a Sunday school teacher. Oh, I'm not sending my kids to Sunday school. They'll be misused. They'll be they'll be this and they'll be that. They're not treated right. Shame on you. That's the craziest thing. And then you send them to a public school? Don't make sense to me. Don't come to me with that argument. That's stupid. That's what that is. Ignorant on top of that. But I tell you, we'll do this and we'll do that. No, you get your children involved in the house of God. The house of God's got to be the safe place. The house of God where somebody can come in that's addicted to homosexuality and get deliverance. The house of God is a place where the drug addict can come in and get deliverance. The house of God is a place where those that are addicted to pornography can come in and God can set them free. But we cannot offer something that we don't have. Peter and John went to the temple. Being the hour of prayer, they went to the temple to pray. And the guy begging said, Give me alms. They said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I unto thee. There's a world that's asking. There's a world that's hurting. You know the reason why these politicians have these ideas and these opinions? One, they've been swayed by the people, but another thing they have not been taught any different. It's not that they're bad people. It's not that they're evil. They think they're right. Why? Because they don't they don't know. They can't understand. They don't apply this to their life. And their philosophy seem like this is the right thing to do. But the Bible says no. It's a wrong thing to do. I want to tell you, every parent in this place, I beg of you, I beg of you, we are seeing the tide turn in this country for the last few years to liberal ideas and philosophies. I don't want to get too political, but I want to tell you, somebody's got to do it. You as parents... Have got to teach your children why you have conservative opinions and ideas and views on life. You got to teach them what the Bible says about this and what the Bible says about that. Don't leave it up to somebody else. Take hold of your responsibility. We need to get back to where we turn off our devices, or should I say our vices, and we have a good family conversation. And we can have a family conversation without texting someone that's not even present in the conversation. Or text someone that's present in the conversation because you can't carry on a conversation. Oh, Brother Looper, he's done went off again. He'll be all right tonight. I'll preach something better tonight. But I'm preaching something that you need right now. I go in restaurants. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. You're guilty. We've all been guilty. But I go in restaurants and I see families that's sitting in a restaurant. Every one of them is on a different device doing something different. I had my aunt tell me I don't even go to church. She said, Homer, to her I'm Homer. Homer, you need to sit down and eat supper. That's, you know, northern people call it dinner, but we still call it supper. With your family. Because that's the time that you discuss things that's going on in each other's lives. Don't even go to church. She said, that's what's wrong with people today. They don't know each other. I want to ask you, mamas and daddies, do you really know your child? How long has it been since you had a set-down family talk together and just discussed life? Oh, they don't even know anything about life. The reason why they don't is you haven't taught them. Ah, this younger generation. Yeah, the younger generation is what they are because we made them that way. We've lost our moral compass. The country has lost its moral compass. The world seems to have lost its moral compass. And if we're not careful, I'm worried about the church. Losing... God's always going to have a church. A church is going to be steady. I'm worried about us losing our direction. Losing our direction. We give and give and give and give and give and give. Buy cars, buy trucks, buy boats. Buy vacations. Give, 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 give. When we need to spend some time, instead of giving, sit down and teach, and talk, and have a conversation without being interrupted by ding, bzz, ding, gotta check my Facebook, see how many people still like me when you're losing the ones that is crazy about you. Let's all stand today. The ultimate danger of all of this that I've talked about is where I read my text from in Psalms chapter 9 and verse number 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. God has smiled on this nation. God has blessed us. I've had the privilege to travel across different countries there's no place like this place. God smiled on Israel. But when Israel forgot God, God turned them over. And you look at history, people don't want to talk about history, but I want to tell you, if you don't talk about history, you're going to repeat history. That's what wise people has told us. When you look at history, look at the Roman Empire. Corruption in government. Homosexuality. Sports was their God. Drunkenness. If we're not there, I don't know where we're at. Today, millions and millions of people will worship their God of people that will not stand and reverence the flag Of people that has given their life. We all have disagreements. But I want to tell you it's still the greatest country in the world. And everybody ought to reverence and honor the national anthem and our flag. And we can make it better. Because we still have the church. I'm going to be a better Christian because there's a world that's in need. With all of that said, the darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker it gets in this world, the greater the church is going to be. Now let's go be the church that God has called us to be. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord, everybody.